We open our hearts to you. Come, Holy Spirit. You are welcome in this place. You do what you want to do. We set aside our agendas. We take time to seek you. Nothing else matters right now. But that we seek you first. Let all these other things be put in their places. Our most important thing we can do is seek you. To square off with you in our heart. Transparent before you. Here we are, Lord. Just as we are, we come. We do not hold back of fears or anything else. But come. Transform our lives. Renew us in strength and spirit and wisdom. As we draw near now to you through your word, I pray that it will become alive. Come alive. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of Christ. We want to hear from you. That's what makes the difference. In Jesus' name. Baby seated. Blessings on you. Thank you for entering in. Thank you, Anna, for leading us into the throne room, into the presence of the Lord. We are blessed. We are blessed. Last week I spoke a little about, uh, touched on the Beatitudes, a little bit about the light of Jesus shining through us in our world around us. Oh my, how dark dark our world is at times. And and so often uh, we don't realize many folks that are struggling right now in our community. You don't have to go very far to find a crisis. So many crises in, in families, uh, relationships. Uh, some of us have a crisis when we go to the gas pump. Yep. <laughs> we just keep believing God's going to provide. If we be wise, we can be wise with the help of the Lord. Um, he said, I'm not going to leave you. You are not going to be alone. And uh, there's so many things that can start to occupy our minds and get us to really kind of feel overwhelmed with it all. Anybody, anybody been overwhelmed this week? couple folks. It's okay. We're human. But the Lord has come to help us with our humanity. One of the words that has always struck me, we're going to kind of take a a U-turn. We're not going to be in Matthew today, but we're going to take one verse out of Isaiah. And we're going to go off that verse and talk about 
a matter of the heart. All throughout the example of Jesus as he ministered while he was on this earth, always brought the matter down to the heart, the heart of the matter. And so, by the way, we have some special guest friends. Just wave, say hi to the folks. They are encouragers to other pastors in the rural. And besides that, they fill in and when when churches are without pastors, for example, at my hometown Aiken, they just uh, finished an assignment there. It's a blessing. Thank you for coming over and just taking in the service with us. The matter of the heart. One of my, uh, I guess, fears would be that I become cold or mechanical or getting used to just the way we do things in the church, but more than in the church, in lifestyle. In fact, I believe that the Lord wants to go with you when you go back home today or wherever that, whatever you may have planned today, maybe you're going to go out, that the Lord will go with you into all the places of your life. Is that possible? Yes, because the Lord lives in our heart. So what I'm going to read from Isaiah has to do with the condition of the people in their time, in Isaiah's time. And he reads, we read from verse 13, the Lord said, of chapter 29, Then the Lord said, Because this people draw near with their words, and honor me with their lips, or lip service, but they remove their hearts far from me, and their reverence for me consists of tradition learned by rote. So, Lord, what are you saying to us? Kind of easy to just do things because we're in habit. I, I'm a creature of habit. Typically, I have two pieces of toast in the morning somewhere, you know, before I head out. If there's a if there's jelly available, I'll use that. Or if there's honey, there's, you know, it's just, I'm just a creature of routine. My family knows that, too. I often wear same things, don't change it up too much. But the danger is when it comes to our spiritual walk with the Lord, he wants us to stay fresh in the spirit. I don't really think he cares what so much what we wear, what we drive. Doesn't really he cares more about your heart and the condition of your heart when it comes to bringing ourselves to him. The psalmist cried out, "Create in me a clean heart, O God." Right? Renew a, a steadfast spirit within me. It's sort of like humanity 
can fool humanity. Man can fool another man, or a woman can fool another woman by maybe the way they dress, appear, behave, or even talk. But really what's on the inside is that which God sees, and God wants to be in the throne of your heart. Jesus said, I say to you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and Pharisees, you shall not enter the kingdom. What was the problem with the Pharisees and Sadducees, the Pharisees and scribes, is that they had become mechanical, rigid, keeping the letter to the law, yet their hearts were far from God in relationship. What, is, what am I talking about? What am I getting at? God wants your heart. God wants all of your heart. He wants your heart not to be distracted by things of this world, by even people, even ministry, could become a, a distraction if we're not careful. And sometimes it's easy to get casual, non-initiative, comfortable. But stir up the gift of God within you, Paul said to Timothy. Stir it up. And in fact, I started a fire in the wood stove yesterday. That always clicks with me when he Rekindle the flame that once burned. How can we keep our first love? How do we keep our heart in a right place? I remember the boy accepting Christ. But that's the beginning. Where do I go from there? Accepting him as Savior, but then learning to know him as Friend or Lord. Learning how to walk in a way he wants me to walk. Learning how to hear what he is saying. I'll keep us in the place we ought to be. When we need encouragement, he has it in his word. When we need strength, he says, wait upon me and you shall renew your strength. When, he, when you need a wisdom, he says, ask and it shall be given unto you. God is not fooled by any kind of flowery. He's not fooled by any kind of Thing that we would want to give to him is not fooled if we do it like the Pharisees loved to pray to be seen by men. They loved long prayers because they wanted to be heard. They wanted to be seen. And so the danger from Isaiah's word is this. People, you're missing. People, you honor me. You say the right things. 
but your heart is far from me. And that's a cry to me. That cry that turns in my heart. Oh, Lord, lest I drift, lest I become callous, lest I become, another word is careless, casual. Oh, Lord, bring, I bring my heart to you. That's a cry. That's a cry of the psalmist. I cried unto the Lord. The David, as he penned those words, created me a clean heart. Oh, God, he was guilty. He was caught in his own act of adultery. He had sensed God's withdrawal from him. He sensed the death that encompassed him from sin. But Jesus comes to give us hope. And when we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us. I'm so glad. You see, my heart can take on things that it shouldn't take on. My heart can begin to carry things that I ought not to carry. My heart can begin to worry and fuss over things that are out of my control. Right? And he says, don't be anxious for tomorrow. Don't be anxious what you're going to eat. Don't be anxious how you're going to pay the bills. I, I, I know there's, some, there's wisdom in all this. We need to be good stewards. That's what Jesus, what he's saying, don't get your heart caught up in the world. The world is that this world is passing away. And my kingdom, his kingdom. Now how can I, number one, how can I have a pure heart? How can I have my right in the heart in the right place? As, as we read last week, the, the Beatitudes, Matthew 5, 8, blessed are the pure in heart. How do we, how do we keep a pure? By the way, you want to see God, this is a promise for you. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. That's an awesome verse. That's a promise. Blessed are the pure in heart. In other words, it has to do with a lot of the characteristics of 1 Corinthians chapter 13, you all know what that says. Love is patient, kind. Doesn't even notice when it's been wronged. That's huge. Doesn't hold the grudge. Doesn't, doesn't let negative things destroy you. <laughs> Love goes beyond and has compassion for their enemies. Jesus said it. Love your enemies. How in the world are we going to love our enemies? How are we going to forgive? Jesus has the answer. Jesus is the answer. When you speak here, you, don't, you probably won't even know why or even sometimes know what to ask him, but just seek him, just praise him, and all of a sudden you begin to feel he's giving you what you have need of. He's changing you in the heart. The problem is, is when we try to fix ourselves 
do better on our own. To a degree, it works maybe for a little while, but then bam, we keep falling, we keep stumbling, we keep going back, we keep tripping up, we keep a tendency to believe the God I love. Isn't that in the, one of the hymns we sang? Come thou found, right? Prone to leave the God I love. What is that? That's the old nature. That's the part of us wants to give up. That's the part of us that we begin to heap animation. And the enemy gets a hold of it and he gets a hand. And we just start to raise havoc. But we just, that's the one, that's where we need to turn to Jesus and say, Here I am, Lord. You know all what's going on. You see all things. I don't know exactly what's going on, but I know that you do. That's where we turn our hearts toward him. And it's okay to recommit your life to Jesus. What, what is that all about? Well, are you as close to Jesus as you need to be or you want to be right now? There's always this Maintenance, not more than maintenance, it's tending the fire of our heart. Receiving the oil for our lamps. Some of us are going through the fire even now. Some of us that are hearing me right now are wondering, God, when are you going to give me a breakthrough? When is the miracle going to happen? Some are believing for healing. And just like a gardener, oftentimes some of you folks like the gardener, you just, maybe you like to put a few flowers in. I was so excited I saw some flowers coming back from last year. My daughter-in-law, Lindsay, loves to do, Levi's wife, loves to uh, work in the garden. And uh, I don't know what they are. They're just, they're just, just green stuff. I don't know if they're going to have. I think they might have orange petals that come up. Some of you guys know exactly probably what I'm talking about. Uh, but I, I love the little tulips. And, you know, how does this stuff survive a cold frost, and then come back to life? Are you kidding me? And I got to thinking. It's, it's, it's not always good when I get to thinking. But, uh, I just started reading Genesis, because I finished up the old, and the just turn around, come start plowing through again. Why did... I get to thinking, Noah, couldn't you have left the mosquitoes and the woodpecks? You know, you know. Noah started farming. And like a garden in your heart, in my heart, weeds want to come. 
because of the curse. Weeds. Bitterness, weed of bitterness. Weeds of jealousy. There's all kinds of weeds. A wheat by a cake initiative with the help of the Holy Spirit. Pull it out by the roots. Hebrews says, see too. But note a root of bitterness brings up and defiles others. Let's be set free. Let's run this race without being shackled, without being carrying things we ought not to carry. Life is way too short. My heart must become tender. Second point. In order to see God, in order to keep my heart fresh, I've got to till it. I'm talking like a gardener. As Hosea says, break up the fallow ground. How does it become fallow? Well, because we went too long without really seeking and having a refreshment from the Lord, the rain of the Holy Spirit. Am I still teachable? Am I able to receive correction? Or do I take offense? Have anyone else trying to encourage me? Keep my heart tender. Keep my heart moldable. Keep my heart, even as the clay, further in the text of Isaiah, Verse that we read, verse 13. He deals with some of the things in verses 14 and 15 about the plans of that an evil heart is doing. They're planning things in the secret. They're planning things in the door. That is the world with Satan doing his stuff. In verse 16 of Isaiah 29, he alludes to the potter. Shall the potter be considered as equal with the clay? This is where we get in trouble. We start to think, God, why didn't you do it this way? God, I thought you would do it this way. (laughs) It's just like the leper man and he he thought the prophet said he was just going to say the word and he'd be healed. Remember Naaman? And the leper went down and the prophet said, you've got to go dip. I think it was seven times. No, I don't want to do that. That's crazy. That's humiliating. Humiliation. Because what? God is opposed to the proud, right? He gives grace to the humble. Oh, Lord, whatever you want. If I've got to keep my heart tender, I've got to say, okay, Lord, whatever you want. It's not my will, but it's your will. This is not my church. This is your church. This is not really my family. This is your family. Oh, you've given me gifts. This whole heart of mine needs to be stirred up from time to time. 
needs to take the almost like a hole and begin to hold things, begin to stir things in my heart, begin to think on the things that are true, begin to think on the things that begin to cut to the heart, begin to say, yes, Lord, I needed to hear. Yes, Lord, I help me to hear what you're saying. And I'm not saying God makes bad things happen to you. He certainly can, but God uses trials, crisis. More people turn to Jesus when they're in a crisis than when everything is going well. Are you, are you with me? More people turn to Jesus. More people begin to pray or they reach out. I'm not saying all peoples, but I'm saying many more people seems like the psalmist declares in Psalm 34, verse 18, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted. The Lord saves those who are crushed in spirit. In other words, this working, this massaging of the heart, this, this conditioning of the heart, uh, is good for us when he puts his discipline to us because he wants the garden of your heart to grow good fruit. When you begin to allow Jesus to be there when you're being tested. Maybe you don't you don't have maybe you have questions, maybe you don't understand the whys, and many times much of life is that. We don't know all these things. We don't understand why crises happen. But be encouraged. Jesus knows crisis. Jesus has walked where you walk. And Jesus has felt the pain more probably than anyone else understands. He is a man acquainted with griefs and sorrow. He walks with you when you go through the fire. He was with the Hebrew children. He was with a Daniel in the lion's den. He was with the apostles as they faced persecution day after day, and yet they went right on speaking the truth. They were not afraid. They were sold out. Their hearts were in the right place. They did not care what other things, other people. Galatians talks about who bewitched you. What, you. what was Paul saying? He was saying to the church, you started out good. What happened? Who got you off track? And so Paul would write letters to the church to encourage them and instruct them how to live. Remember Joseph when he was sold, left for dead, sold then into slavery in Egypt. God had a plan. Didn't he? God had a plan to use Joseph to bring the nation of Israel into a place where they could receive food and 
Joseph didn't have it very easy. Right? He was accused of things he didn't do. He was thrown in jail. The man who was with him in jail said, he said, remember to say some words, help me get out of here, and he forgot about it. Uh, through all this stuff, when he finally gets out, and Joseph is starting to see his brothers come, he doesn't take vengeance. He doesn't take, oh, this is my time to get back and get even. Somewhere along the line, he kept his heart tender. And that's what Jesus does, Right? When you seek him. Oh, you might have all these things you want to say to him. You want all, you're going to, you know, this is, you know. Wait a minute. When Paul said it, I have been bought with a price. I'm not my own. Guess what? Jesus is in my heart. And because Jesus is in my heart, I can live differently. I can respond better. I can be a servant with a good attitude. Because Jesus, when you feel like you're... No one really cares. Or maybe you feel like your life doesn't matter. Listen. Jesus died for you. Jesus is coming back for you. He loves his church. He loves his sheep. He knows your name. And he knows your circumstance. And he knows your heart. When other people misunderstand, understands. And thirdly, we go out with this thought, a matter of the heart, make room in your heart. Don't let anything in this life begin to take the place of Jesus. Right? Anything that takes the place of Jesus becomes an idol. We're to cast away our idols. None so glad that he can free us up. We don't have to bow down to old lifestyle habits. We don't have to give in to this nature, the old fallen nature. We don't have to give in with the help of Jesus. When Jesus was in the house with Mary and Martha, you know that story. This is so often maybe how we feel at times. There's so much to do, right? We've got so much to prepare. And at this particular moment, Jesus really said, wait a minute. Martha, you're so bothered. You're worked up about too many things. You take on, you're taking the, too much load. You're going crazy. You got to pull back. 
All I really want is your heart. All I really want is your time with me. And she says, he says, Jesus says, Mary has chosen the good part. Friends, this life will swallow you and you and I up. This life, if you let it, this life, you you I don't know, I have a hard time saying no to a lot of things, right? You want to help people, you it's a good thing, but that can get you in trouble. You can be overcommitted. It happens. And so we gotta pull ourselves back. Wait a minute. I need my heart to be in the right place. After all, I'm not going to take anything with me. You know, you can take with you to heaven as people. Right? I mean, we can at least go together. Your family. How many want your family to be there? Yeah. You want your your friends to be in heaven. My pastor growing up, got older and he's still ministering in the nursing home, he said, I want you to be my neighbor in heaven. Well, that's, that's kind of inviting. Well, it's all about it's all about Jesus. We take our old heart, sometimes it's broken, and we're weary. Sometimes we become hard, but God comes to give us a new heart. A few years ago, it's probably been 30 now. <laughs> I'm starting to sound like an old timer. This is before we moved to Cross Lake. This is why we were in Palisade, doing our doing what we, you know, we felt called to do. And God started speaking to me about coming to Cross Lake. And it took across us a couple of years. And finally, I, I, I come across an Old Testament scripture, and I didn't take the time to look it up, but. He said, it was about David. Go and do all that is in your heart. Remember that, Carrie? And I think I read it in um, a different book, and Carrie read the same thing in a different book that said the same thing on the same day. That was just a part of the process. But see, I don't want to miss if God is saying, talk to somebody. Don't say anything. Can I have a heart that's in tune? Yeah. We take initiative to seek him. And so I don't know, there's 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 seasons. There's seasons. We're just getting started. Earthly pilgrimage. Is just the start. You're going to live forever with Jesus. When you invite Jesus into your heart, 
realizing that you cannot save yourself, you simply say, Lord, here I am. I believe. This is the gospel. This is the good news. The shepherds couldn't believe it when the angels showed up. But the announcement was this, a Savior. But when he becomes your Savior, it's just the beginning. You can have him today if you've never invited him. Or if you've been drifting, why don't we renew our relationship? Matter of the heart, keep your heart pure. Keep your heart tender. Keep open. What's, what's going to happen now? You, know? you just keep moving with God. Let's pray. We'll maybe sing something. Let's pray. Right now, Lord, we surrender. As a good word, surrender. Here's our heart, Lord. Seal in us the gift of the Holy Spirit. Let our hearts never become calloused and different and strange to distant from you. Let us be quick to hear, slow to speak. sent here to minister and to give your life, to serve and give your life as a ransom. You paid the penalty. And so, Lord Jesus, we say this together. Come into my heart. Say that with me. Come into my heart in a fresh way. So that I can know you. Walk in your ways. And live forever with you. Amen.